Well, hello, and I want to welcome you to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Horton. I'm here to bring you a short message that's designed to help you become all that God created you to be and to live your life to the fullest. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get into today's message. Well, thank you again for uh, joining me for our Victory Church weekly podcasts, and I'm so glad that you could uh, be with me. Uh, I just love to minister life through God's Word to His people, and the reason that I have these podcasts is so really I can connect with our congregation throughout the week. We even have a Wednesday night service. I encourage you, if you're in the Raleigh area, to come. We're one of the only churches that do. In fact, we have we have people that visit our city. They're looking for a a, a church service to attend. They look us up and find out Wednesday nights, and I don't know how many times people have said, you're one of the only churches that have a Wednesday night. True. So we teach the Word on Wednesday night, and um, and I just enjoy the podcasts as well. So thank you again for joining. We're talking about uh, healing that belongs to us in Christ, and we're looking at all the various ways that we have found out that healing belongs to us in Christ. And right now, more pointedly, we're down to the eighth section of this teaching, and it's taken weeks to get here. Uh, we're talking about healing hindrances, which there are four major categories for hindrances to healing. Negative emotions, which we've talked about. Misuse of the body, which we're in the middle of talking about. Unforgiveness, which we will talk about. And then disobedience, and we'll cover that clearly. So we are right in the middle of the second category of uh, hindrances for healing, and there's some subcategories under that. We uh, the misuse of the body, you know. God, you know, how many know our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? We've got to take care of this temple, and uh, you know, back in the Old Testament, you know, they they st- took care of the temple of God because that's where the presence of God dwelt. And now we are a temple of God. God wants us to take care of our. Our bodies, we have this treasure, 2 Corinthians 4 says, in jars, in, in earthen vessels or jars of clay. I think years ago, you remember there was a, there was a, um, a Christian group, singing group called Jars of Clay. Well, we're, that's what we are, right? So uh, we have to take care of our bodies. And, and we, we've talked about diet, the importance of proper diet. And then right now we're in the middle of talking about the second misuse of the body, which is lack of proper rest. So last time we talked about the, the rhythms of work and rest that God set into creation. We're to work six days as God created the earth in six days and then rested the seventh. We're to rest the same way that God rested. And then, you know, every night we should rest. You know, our bodies, our bodies require rest to recuperate. Think about it. We, we sleep a third of our lives away. We need seven or eight hours every night. And say, why, why do I need to waste that? It's not wasted time, friend. What are you doing when you're resting? Well, all the systems of your body are resetting. All of the cells that have been damaged through oxidation and you're ingesting air and you're burning the foods that you've ingested, all of that's got to be repaired. And when's it going to be repaired? You know, when's that going to happen? You know, you take your car to the shop cyclically to go get the oil changed. Hopefully, are you going to replace the engine, you know? And then you, you do needed repairs on all kinds of uh, mechanical things in the natural world. Or physically, our bodies, they need, they need a time. We're so fearfully and wonderfully made, and we're so complex in the way that our bodies and the systems of our bodies work. They just need to rejuvenate, and that's what the night's rest is all about. We don't value rest in America. 
the way I believe that we should. And I want to encourage you, take your rest. So um, God also said in creation, every seventh year, he even let the land rest. So we talked about that last time. I want to take this, I want to push the edge of this envelope of rest just a little bit further. Um, I think it was 2015, I went to uh, Wilmington and there was a pastor's meeting, a pastor's conference and pastors were there. And of course, a guest from out of state was there talking and ministering. So here's a guy. In fact, I think this guy was actually from North Carolina. Now I think about it. Uh, he was from Charlotte and uh, he was one of the speakers in the conference. And uh, I was really uh, uh, challenged and helped by what he said. Uh, he was in his uh, late 50s and, um, and, and said that um, he uh, got up one Sunday morning and, and was just emotionally disheveled and, and just told his wife, got in his office, I, I, I'm not sure I can preach today, and began to cry. And uh, I, I think he somehow got himself together and finished, but it was terrible. And then the next Sunday, the same thing happened. In fact, he had a hard time buttoning his shirt. I remember him saying that. And he was just emotionally erect, couldn't figure out why. And I'm, I think that Sunday, perhaps he couldn't minister. It happened like two or three Sundays in a row. And he went to a doctor, and the doctor checked him thoroughly, gave him a thoroughly checkup, thorough checkup. He said, uh, Pastor, Miss, Mr. Pastor, you have, uh, you've burned out your adrenal gland. You have no energy reserves. You have not rested for so long that you have no reserves, and your adrenal glands have worn themselves out, but you're constantly making demands on them. And the guy said he had to take like six months sabbatical from ministry and let somebody else preach for him for six months just to get over, just to get to where he could have some semblance of normal mentally and emotionally. Friends, I, and, and he was encouraging pastors, and he said the Lord spoke to him, and he said the Lord told him, said, look, you know, every, you, rest your, you rest from work uh, once, uh, once a week, the seventh day. The Lord, he said, the Lord spoke to him and said, every seventh week, I want you out of the pulpit and not even to go to church, do something else and let somebody else, let another staff member or someone that comes in and ministers minister in your behalf. Wow. And he began to do that. And that was part of his recovery so he could have a long-term ministry. Now, you know, I think it was 2015 when I heard that. And, you know, I'm a really high, you know, if y'all know me, I'm really high strung. I'm always thinking I'm always doing something. Um, I like accomplishment. That's good and bad. It's good because you can get a lot done. And um, it's kind of an entrepreneurial attitude you have. Always busy, always thinking. And that's me. Um, but when I heard that, I knew I needed that. And I have. Uh, and so and so I, I incorporated what he said into my life. And I think it's been, um, I think it's every, uh, every, uh, seventh week of every year since 2015 that was like april or uh, march or april of 2015 when i heard that i take every seventh week if y'all go to victory church you know every seventh week i am not going to be in the pulpit i am not going to be at church i i do something else why now why you say well pastor that's sloughing off no it's not no it's it's being wise enough to get out of harness so i can rest so so i can rejuvenate recuperate it takes a lot of energy a lot of us, and it's not just pastors, a lot of other professions are the same way, particularly pastoring, however, when there's constant demands of ministry on you. 
And it, it's a spirit, soul, and body thing. You've just constantly got to be on. Got to find a way to unharness and take a break. So, you know, you know, if y'all come to Victory, you know, every seventh week I'm out. And that's the reason, because I, I, wanna, I want longevity of ministry. I don't want to be a shooting star. You know, I want to I want to be a supernova. I'm just there for a long period of time. And, and to do that, I take breaks. And, you know, so Susan and I, I'll go, I'll go to the beach. I'll go to the mountains. I'll go visit my grandkids somewhere. I'll do something other than what I normally do. I read a book in 1983 or 4, I think it's 1984. Um, uh, and he was talking about the life of a minister. And, and the guy was talking about rest. He said, rest is not cessation of activity as much as it is change of activity and that was his slant I do think we need cessation as well as change of activity but his slant was you know God rested that he's changed what he did on the seventh day and that was his taking so I heard what he, he said and um, so change of activity is also restful if you do the same thing redundantly in rote over and over and over, you just get tired of doing what you do and, and all of us are that way you just got to have breaks. You got to take a break. And if you're in a high-pressure uh, job like pastoring is, oh, man, you just got to take a break. That seventh week has, has really helped me. And uh, so I have added that to my regimen. And, and, you know, I, I generally most all the time feel good. By the seventh week, listen, I really feel the need personally just to take a break and unharness because I have so much to do in ministry. And it has definitely help my life and bless my life. So I want to encourage you, what do you need to incorporate in your life so that you can enjoy life lifelong and don't reach the end season of your life and, and because you haven't rested, you started breaking down physically. I notice a lot of people start breaking down physically when they abuse their bodies with drugs, alcohol, sex, whatever, and abuse their bodies over the decades with overwork and lack of rest. Hey, payday's coming. I don't want that payday. So I'm resting so I can enjoy life lifelong, and God can use me to the greatest, to the greatest that he wants to because I've taken the time to really um, keep myself where I'm rested and I'm also fruitful. You want, to, want both. Uh, let me say this, um, I, and I wanted to make these comments, and, uh, and I think the next time I come back, I want to talk about burnout because I did burnout when I was, I think, uh, 32, 33 years of age. I literally burned out. I want to talk about what that looks like because I didn't do it right when I was young, and I paid a deep price. Before I get there, I think I'll, uh, I think this, uh, this session here, I want to talk about um, some quotes I got from a book by Charles Spurgeon entitled Lectures to My Students. And it's pages 174 and 175. And during this time, um, and I'll talk about, but I don't have time to finish talking about burnout this time, so I'll talk about it right next time. But <clears throat> while I was going through this season where I really burned out, I was in a traveling ministry. I had a business during the week. Susan and I at the time had three small children, soon to have four. And boy, was life ever, ever alive. And we were really busy, and I literally burned out. Next time, I'll talk about what that felt like, what that looks like. This time, let me, uh, let me perhaps end this today with lectures to my students. These are just some practical quotes from Charles Haddon Spurgeon, who was called the Prince of Pe Preachers in his day, a wonderful man of God. And he's talking about rest, and just the way he phrased this just really helped me. And I've read this over the years. 
So Charles Haddon Spurgeon said, the bow cannot be always bent without fear of breaking. You got a bow and arrow. I had one when I was a little boy and I would string that bow and make it taut so I could put my little arrow on it, you know, and, and shoot something. But my dad would always say, don't leave that, don't leave that bow with the string taut because the bow will lose its elasticity and it won't work the way it should. So after I messed with my little bow and arrow as a little boy, my dad would always look to see if I untied the little string and made sure that it was not taut because it would ruin the bow and the bow on the on the bow and arrow. So again, the bow cannot always be bent without fear of breaking. Repose is as needful to the mind. Now look, as sleep to the body. Repose, that is rest, is as needful to the mind as sleep to the body. Earth, even the earth must lie fallow and have her Sabbaths. And that's talking about Leviticus 25, right? The land rest Sabbaths. And so must we. You know, let me stop right there and say, even when I was a little boy, my dad taught, he was taught by his father, my grandfather, that you always rotate your crops. My dad would, would never plant the same, uh, the same uh, plants, vegetables in our garden uh, two years in a row. He'd always mix up, plant the beans in one location. Next time he'd plant it in this other location, corn in this location, then another yada, yada, yada. And he did that so that the, the land could, could replenish itself because it took different kinds of nutrients to, um, to help those each very kind of plant grow. So again, he says, um, even the earth must lie fallow, have her Sabbaths, and so must we. Then he says, Charles Haddon's Spurgeon says, rest time is not waste time. Now let that drill into your head. Rest time is not waste time. It's not a waste of time. See, my mind tells me I'm wasting time if I'm not active. That's not true. Rest time is not waste time. He says, it is economy to gather fresh strength. That is, you can do more by doing less. Now, isn't that true? Isn't that good? A little pause prepares the mind for greater service in the good cause. Then he goes on and says, fishermen must mend their nets and we must every now and then repair our mental waste and get our machinery in order for future service. See, he's talking about the need for even fishermen have to stop, take a break, mend their nets so they can catch more fish. Otherwise, they're not as productive as they would be. To tug the oar from day to day like a galley slave who knows no holidays suits no mortal man. Uh, and then he goes on and says, mill streams go on forever, but we must have our pauses and intervals. Who can help but be out of breath when the races continue without intermission. Even beasts of burden, as Charles Haddon Spurgeon continues, even beasts of burden must be turned out to grass, grass occasionally. The sea pauses, he says, at ebb and flood. The earth keeps the Sabbath of wintry months. And a man, when exalted to be God's ambassador, must rest or faint, must trim his lamp or let it burn low, must recruit his vigor or go prematurely old. We mostly don't use lamps today, but my grandmother had a lamp. And she, was, uh, she would burn that lamp as an oil lamp. She'd turn that thing on. And, uh, 
And then, you know, once you put it out, the, the, the wick would burn and get dark, and then it would become a long, dark spot. And it wouldn't burn very brightly. And every now and then she'd take some scissors and just clip that, just clip that wick. And when she did, when she turned lit the lamp the second next time, it burned much brighter. And that's what he said. We must trim, uh, a man must trim his lamp, or a woman, or let it burn low. Must recruit his vigor, or grow prematurely old. Again, listen, I'm old enough now. I'll be 65 my birthday. And, you know, I've learned the value of rest. I've learned the value of eating properly. I've also learned, and we'll talk about exercise and all that. All those are ingredients. See, physical health is not just believe in God by faith to keep you healthy. It's also regulating yourself to be practical with yourself so that you obey God in all the various spheres of, spheres of life. You get rest, you work, you rest, you know, you rest your mind, and, uh, you know, you're unencumbered. Otherwise, as you get older, I, I've, I see people breaking down. One of the reasons they're breaking down is they didn't take the needed rest. So if you're younger listening to this and you're in your 20s, 30s, take, take heed to what I'm saying. You, you, you keep living, you're going to reach where I am. And you know what? If you do it right, you can live a healthy life into, into your elderly years. I'm planning to do that. In fact, I, th- I honestly think my best days are ahead of me, not behind me. And I'll be 65 in October. I do. I think that way. Why do I think that way? Because I'm seeking to live a balanced lifestyle day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. And uh, you just keep watching. You'll see as I do how this thing works out, but I think it's going to turn out to my favor and God's glory because, you know, again, we've got to rest. Then here we are. Charles Haddon Spurgeon also says, it is wisdom to take an occasional furlough. In the long run, we shall sometimes do more by doing less. Now, let me stop right there. Now, when I say that, I think it was uh, in his book, The Ten Commandments, um, that um, what's his name? Uh, Christian Life School of Theology guy said this. He said, uh, and he gave a he gave an illustration, and he said um, he said there were two guides in Africa taking people, you know, to to look at the animals, perhaps on the Serengeti Plain or whatever. And they're going through various parts of Africa, and they were walking, and you know, it was a a real um, rustic place, and they were walking where they went. And so the guide was taking them and showing them artifacts and showing them animals and stuff. One guide, he never stopped. He, I mean, the, because the tourists were with him, they wanted to get, I mean, every single, they wanted to milk everything they could out of every minute of every hour of every day, you know. And uh, and and so they never stopped. But this one guide, uh, you know, Every seventh day he stopped and rested, and they didn't do anything. And the people began to complain, say, well, you know, the other people, they, I think they're going all the time, but you're telling us to rest the whole day? And, he, and the guy said, you'll see. And you know what? The bottom line of it was the, the tourists that rested every seventh they were there for several weeks. The tourists that rested every seventh day actually went further than the tourists that never took a break. So see, there's a, there's a need for rest. You know, even the government, a lot of people don't do it now. You're supposed to take a break in the morning. You're supposed to take a break in the afternoon and then, of course, have a lunch break because you do more by doing less in the long run. Charles Haddon Spurgeon says, we shall sometimes do more 
by doing less. Then he goes on and says, on, on, on forever may suit our spirits emancipated from this heavy clay. That means if we don't have our physical bodies, we're spirit beings. You know, it's a different way of doing life. But, but while we are in this tabernacle, this body, we must every now and then cry halt. And I love this. And cry and serve the Lord with holy inaction and consecrated leisure. Isn't that good? Some you're taking a break, you know, and somebody says, "What are you doing?" You can say, "Well, I'm having some holy inaction. I'm doing some consecrated leisure. I like that. Why? Because you want to keep your body healthy. Let no t- tender conscience, as he concludes, doubt the lawfulness of going out of harness for a while, but learn from the experience of others ne- the necessity." of taking uh, timely rest. Uh, And then he concludes by saying, I reduce the quality and perhaps the length of my life when I neglect necessary rest. That's really important. We'll start right there when we come back. Let me challenge you. Do you rest? Do you get adequate sleep for me? And people are different. I generally need uh, seven, seven and a half hours a night. And that's just me. Not everybody's that way. But I've always been wired that way. I feel better. If I get seven hours a night, I'm good. Some people need eight. Some people may need nine. But you need rest every night. And I make sure I sleep really well. You know, I make sure my bedroom is set to where I'm not awakened by exterior noises outside. Uh, There are certain protocols we have. I make sure I sleep. I've got a good pillow, a good mattress. And uh, Susan and I, when we sleep, we sleep. And I, I need the rest. If I don't rest well, I, I sometimes can not be a nice boy. And that's, you know, you can tell if I'm not rested. So, so important. So I want to encourage you, check yourself, challenge yourself. Are you rested? Do you work hard? And do you have a rhythm in your life of, 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 um, of work and rest? How are you doing with that? I want to encourage you, take the rest you need. You do better sometimes when it seems like you do less. Lord, I pray again for all of us. Help us to regulate our lives. Lord, help us to... Um, Lord, help us to to examine ourselves and take the rests that we need to make so that we can enjoy the physical health that Jesus has called us to in Jesus' name. Well, God bless you. Thank you for listening today. Looking forward to talking to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I hope you're able to get something out of the message today. Before you leave, please make sure... Uh, that you subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform that you're listening from. Doing this goes a long way in helping us reach a wider audience. Lastly, if you want to reach out with questions, concerns, prayer requests, or comments about today's content, you can email me at pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. I would love to hear from you. Now go out there and be all that God created you to be today. God bless you.